0: Welcome to the first episode ever of In Pursuit of Virtue. I'm Jennifer Morris.
1: And I'm Barry Kinzer.
0: And we are starting this podcast to hopefully help you learn more about what classical education is, what to expect as your children are working their way through it. And then on top of that, maybe just some specific things that we've got going on at GCA going forward, the episodes are going to focus more on what classical education looks like sort of from a broad lens. So even if you don't go to GCA, it would be helpful information. However, we thought we'd start off this first one by giving you our annual orientation information.
1: So we used to meet in the chapel to do this on orientation night. We've kind of outgrown our space when everyone is here. So we sort of moved away from that. Also, exciting news, our chapel is being remodeled, so a little bit. So because some of the supplies were back-ordered, we weren't quite sure if it'd be ready for the big reveal on orientation night.
0: It is going to look good, though. Yes. It's uh, got a little bit of new paint. It's going to have some new floors, um, new chairs. So I think whenever— Strobe lights,
1: fog <laughs> machines, you name it. No, no none of that.
0: <laughs> but it, do- it is going to look good. It's not quite there yet, but it is going to look good when it's all said and done. All of that said, we want you to feel good and oriented to start the new year, particularly the new families that have never done this before, or maybe you've been around a while and you'd just like a refresher on some of this stuff. So we're just going to dive in to the practical stuff first. And then toward the end, uh, we've asked several parents and also some staff, and there are even some students who threw in their two cents to give their best advice to incoming families. So we'll share that too.
1: Okay, so first of all, orientation night is the Monday before school starts. So that's August 7th at 6 p.m. And on that night, students can bring, or parents can bring, all of the supplies that they have for the school year and bring them to the classrooms if you're in elementary or to the lockers if you're an uh, upper student so you don't have to lug them in on your first day.
0: And sometimes people ask us, uh, well, I can't come on orientation night. We have a soccer game or whatever. And that's totally fine. If you want to bring in your supplies before the first day of school, just call the office and uh, maybe we can find a time for you to come in early and get your supplies put away. Or uh, you could always just lug them in on the first day. That's always an option too.
1: If you have younger students who are coming to school for the first time, walk the path to their classroom with them. You can walk them in on the first day if you want. And we'll have people here to help them after that, but it's a big confidence booster for those younger ones that comes with knowing how to get where they need to go. So if I were you, I'd start at the door where they'll come into the school in the morning and just practice a time or two going to their classroom. How do you get there, the hallways and stuff?
0: And sometimes people ask if they're supposed to be in uniform that night on orientation night. And the answer is absolutely not. You can just wear street clothes. There will be plenty of time for uniforms, I Mm. promise.
1: (laughs) One more thing about orientation night. Uh, There will be a t-shirt table set up outside the chapel for you to take a look at the new school shirts and figure out what sizes you might need. However, rather than ordering shirts through PST like we've done in the past, you'll order through the online shop that Empire Printing has set up for us. There will be a QR code for you to do that there.
0: And speaking of PST, um, if you are new to the school, you might not know this, but PST is our um, parent volunteer organization. They do all kinds of stuff throughout the year. They serve lunches to the teachers sometimes, or they are the ones who kind of organize all of the t-shirt sales throughout the year. Anyway, they just do all kinds of things. And so if you're looking for a way to get involved in the school or meet some of the families, that's a great way to do it.
1: So speaking of t-shirts and PST and all of that, Empire Printing also does logoed uniform shirts for us. Most of our uniforms come from Land's End, but a couple of years ago, Express Press, or now they're called Empire Printing, started selling some for us too. This year, they've actually set up an online store for our families so they can order without having to go through the school. We'll send out that QR code, or you can scan it on orientation night, as mentioned previously.
0: I've noticed that their shirts—they fit a little bit different. Some of them are a little bit different texture. They have some different materials. So a lot of people like um, just as well, or, or maybe better than the Landon in one. So there's there's some different options, and and not everybody knows that that's that's an option. Okay. All right, so I think that the thing that we maybe get more questions on from folks around the start of the school year is how to pick up kids and how to drop off kids. So bear with us just for a minute, and we're going to lay it out for you and give you the the details of how Carline in the morning and in the afternoon works. Um, in the morning, the doors open at 720. The students need to be in the gate by 740, so you can drop off any time in there, but in the gate by 740 so that students can be in their classes on time when they start at 745.
1: If you don't make it in the gate by 740, you're expelled. <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding. If you don't make it in the gate by 740, just swing around and drop the student off at the offense entrance with the bell. They'll need to stop by and get a pass, though, from Mrs. Moss before they go to class.
0: This first day of school is kind of a momentous occasion, particularly for the younger ones. So if you'd like to walk your child into his or her class that first day, that's totally fine. Just find a parking spot next to the car line so that you can do that.
1: One thing we do ask, though, is please limit that to the first day. Some kids will want you to walk them to class every day. And as parents, you'd probably relish the opportunity to do that but we want them to feel equipped to do that on their own. So just prepare them on orientation night and let them know that you're only going to walk them on the first day so that they can be confident and prepared to do it on their own after that.
0: don't worry, if you have a few tears those first few days, that's pretty normal. Uh, uh, Well, either your kids or your kids' tears. (laughs) Mostly the high
1: school seniors.
0: Right, exactly, (laughs) especially in the beginning for the younger ones. School can be a little bit overwhelming, but I can tell you from experience that that just doesn't last very long. And the thing that helps to cut it short is just to put on a brave face, even if you're dying on the inside, just smile, love you, have a good day, and make them go in. And uh, if you can avoid drawing out that process, I promise you it helps, and it cuts that whole teary process a little bit short. My kid was sort of the opposite of that. He was sort of like waving at me from long way down the hall and sort of like, why would you even think about walking me in? <laughs> it made me a little bit sad, but also kind of happy that he felt so good and confident about just walking in like he owned the place. And that's, that's really what I wanted for him.
1: Okay. One last thing about morning car line, not just on the first day, but every day please have your kids ready to go when you get there. If you're a parent trying to get to work, you don't want to have to wait on the kid in front of you trying to put on shoes or comb hair or whatever. So we want everyone to try to keep that in mind. Now, sometimes you do need an extra minute for something. That's totally fine. But if that's the case, just pull into a parking spot so that no one behind you is held up while you're arranging Sally's pigtails or whatever.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's talk about afternoon pickup. In the afternoons, the gates open for pickup line at 320, and then we'll start dismissing kids to their cars at 350. You can line up at the gate before 320. That's totally fine, but you won't be able to actually get into the gated area where the car line is until 320.
1: Here's a little helpful tidbit for the new parents. If you show up to pickup line in the first week, you might be a little overwhelmed and think, you're going to never be able to leave the parking lot. However, we've got it down to a pretty quick science. So let me tell you the flow of things. If you get there before 3.50, you'll just hang tight in line until your kid comes to you.
0: Yeah, a staff member will go out earlier than that while the cars are lining up. And they'll write down who's here and where they are, what line they're in. And when the kids come out, we're just going to call that list so that every kid knows where to go and uh, what part of the line that they're in. Once all those kids from that first wave are called, we dismiss one row at a time. There will be somebody up at the front of the lines and they'll tell you when your row is ready to go. We just ask that You don't go before then. If you're at the very front of the line and you're like, okay, I've got my kid in the car and I'm ready to go, don't move until your line is dismissed. Because if you move, everyone behind you is going to move and there may still be kids walking back behind you that you don't know about. So once there are no kids moving, then we'll all um, kind of communicate that with the other staff members that are out there. And then the the person at the front of the lines will start dismissing Rose one at a time.
1: If you get there before the lines start moving and you have to wait on street, please, please, whatever you do, do not stop in front of a neighbor's driveway and block it. They get pretty frustrated, and rightfully so, when they can't leave their house when they need to. We want to be good neighbors to them and not make them sorry that they live near Grace Classical.
0: <laughs> Ooh, That would be bad. Okay, if your line is moving, but your kid isn't in the car yet, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes they just, either they don't hear their name or they're running late because they think, oh, I forgot my backpack upstairs and they have to run back up there. And so they're not out there when it's time for them to go. Um, Go ahead and just move with your line. But instead of turning left to leave at the end and out the gate, just turn right and pull into a parking space right there um, kind of on the other side of the pickup line, and we'll see you and we'll say, "Oh, little Susie, Mr. Ride, and we'll send her right out.
1: Mm-hmm. As you're adjusting to the flow of the pickup line, the kids are too. Even the older ones want to just head out to their cars as soon as they see it. But if they're in the second wave and traffic is still clearing out from the first wave, we hold all the kids at the white line until traffic has stopped moving. If you pull up and your kid is just standing there, don't worry we will let them go in just a second. We're just making sure they're not going to walk into moving cars. Even if you're in the line that's closest to the building so that students wouldn't have to cross traffic, it's kind of like the cars. When one goes, they all go. So we hold them all until traffic clears and then we let them go.
0: If you get there a little bit late and a gate is already closed, just swing around to the office and pick your kid up there.
1: Okay, now we're moving on to the subject of lunches. Some students' favorite subject of the day. Lunches at GCA are catered by a company called Dining by Design. They are owned by one of our school families, and they do a spectacular job, really, of offering good stuff that people really like. We just have to send orders in early so that they know how much to buy. An order form will be sent out every couple of weeks for you to pre-order... And uh, you'll get the due dates for those each
0: time. Now, the cost of those has gone up just a smidge, you know, because everything's gone up, Everything. (laughs) sometimes more than a smidge. Um, So this year, our regular lunches will be $6 a meal and the gluten-free lunches will be $7 a meal. However, something new for this year, uh, we noticed that a lot of the students last year were just ordering every day. It makes it a little bit easier for the families to not have to remember, oh man, did I order on Tuesday or Wednesday? What day was it? Well, I just know that I've ordered every day. And so that does make it a little bit easier. If you are one of those, folks who you know that you're going to be eating at school every day, um, you can just let me know that at the very beginning of the year and I'll just put you on the list and then you never have to worry about filling in one of those forms again. I will just always add you to the list. There's also a little bit of a discount. Dining by Design has said if that if you want to do that, if you want to just plan on ordering each day, they'll knock off a quarter for each meal. So there's a little bit of a discount if you want to do it that way. If you decide partway through the year that you don't want to be on the list for repeated ordering, that's fine. It's changeable. You can just let me know. But unless I hear otherwise from you, um, I can just put you on that list to order every day.
1: Okay. There are also snacks that kids can buy for 75 cents each. And we just bill all the snacks and lunches together at the end of each month.
0: You might just... Like, tell your kid, especially if they're little and new, sometimes that snack table, it's like looking pretty good. They're, they're up there going, what do you mean I can just like. I can just take these snacks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, 14 snacks later, the parents are looking at their bill going, what in the world has happened? Like, what are they ordering? And so you might just have that conversation with them on the front end before you get that first bill and say, now, listen, you can order one snack per day or no snacks or whatever you want them to order, but just have that conversation so that they know there will be a bill a common. You're also welcome to bring a lunch from home. However, if you're in that delightful time when your kid is packing his own lunch, that is a delightful time. Um, just maybe maybe just take a little peek in that lunchbox and see what they're packing. Make sure that he's not packing an entire sleeve of Oreos or something for lunch. <laughs> um, a little protein is good. Um, and, and try as they may. Sometimes it's just a little bit off balance and we just would like to avoid any afternoon sugar crashes that might require a nap on a desk or something like that. And so, um, anyway, we're not trying to be your mom or anything, but we just ask if there's not a ton of sugar or a ton of caffeine. So, no sodas or Red Bull or anything like that. Just normal kid beverages would be amazing. So,
1: sodas and Red Bull, things like that, are or a pop, as I say, is not allowed for students in their lunches. That's correct? That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. And
0: right. really, in the classrooms, too, like only waters. Uh, A lot in the classroom.
1: I will note that that does not apply to teachers, and I'm very grateful for that. That's right. (laughs) Right.
0: Sometimes the diet coke is a little bit necessary,
1: (laughs) or more than a little bit. If you are bringing your lunch, just keep in mind that there's only a couple of microwaves. So if your child has to heat up leftovers, he or she might have to wait a few minutes to do that. And also, send forks and spoons and whatever they'll need to eat their lunch, because those Mm -hmm. things are not necessarily available for students who are not ordering from the school.
0: There is but one food that you cannot bring to microwave, no matter what grade you're in. Any guesses what that might be, Mr. Kinzer?
1: Mm. No.
0: Okay. Well, it's popcorn. Oh. If you love it, feel free to pop it at home and bring it on in or buy those little handy bags or whatever you want to do, but you cannot bring it to school because when a kid sets a bag of popcorn to pop for five minutes and then turns away for just what they think is just a second, they get a little distracted and now the whole cafeteria is filled with that horrendous odor of burnt popcorn and we all smell like it. We have to open the doors and the (laughs) windows and then we have to go home and shower because our hair smells like it. It's just no one wants to be around us for like the rest of the day because we all smell like burnt popcorn. That
1: sounds like a very traumatic experience. We want (laughs) to avoid that at all costs.
0: Can you tell that that's happened a time or two? (laughs)
1: Clearly. It sounds personal for you.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little bit.
1: So now we've covered lunches, we've covered some frequently asked questions, important things you need to know. So now we thought we'd take the last part of this episode to just give you some advice for the new year.
0: And this advice is not from us. I actually ask several teachers and parents and even some students if they could give a piece of advice to an incoming family, what would that advice be? And so these are like the top actually, I was going to try and make them a top 10, but really there's there's 11. So it, it won't be symmetrical, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and so these are the top 11 things that these parents and staff members have kind of all agreed on that would be the most helpful things for uh, families to know. Just and, some good advice. Yeah, just some good advice. And actually, it's really interesting because so many of the ones that I asked gave some of the same ones. So I've kind of combined them into the top 11. So the, the first one is actually the only one that came from kids and the kids were like, the the older ones need to know this. So if you are in middle or high school, this is from your peers and they say, don't be late to classes, be on time. It's on you to be on time and do that.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, From some parents, always make sure to check the uniform room before paying full price for uniforms. Kids grow fast and you can save a lot of money if you find what you need in the uniform room. That goes for the costume room as well. We have a giant collection of costumes that parents can check out for their kids for History Day so you don't have to go buy something.
0: Number nine, come volunteer when you can to learn about grace and to get involved. there are opportunities to go on field trips or to help clean sometimes. Or, you know, if you really want to serve lunches in the cafeteria, we've had opportunities like that before. Each year, the opportunities differ. But there are so many times when a parent can come and get to know the teachers and their child's friends and just other parents, then it's, it's really good if you can come and volunteer.
1: Yeah, that helps connect you to the community and the culture of the school. Uh, number eight, help your kids learn good habits like time management and not procrastinating. Part of that is helping make sure that they are reading every day. Read with them or have them read on their own but make sure that they are reading.
0: This number 7 is a combined effort of several different parents and they all said this and and teachers as well. But the the gist of it is make your excitement and your wonder contagious to your kids. If parents can be excited and curious about what their child is learning, that's going to rub off on the kids. And then the kids are going to want to learn more and work hard and just be excited about what they're learning. Don't underestimate what the students are capable of achieving. Um, Sometimes we uh, we just wonder, like, how can they how can they still want more? It's like you get to the end of the day and they're like, yeah, we're not done yet. Give us more, give us more. And so we're excited for them. And if the parents can be excited for them, um, even if they're thinking, wow, that, that's, that seems like a lot. Like if you can be on board, it'll encourage them to do the same thing.
1: Number six, don't be afraid to ask questions. It can be overwhelming coming to a new school with new procedures, events, uniforms, etc. especially if they're coming from public school. So feel free to ask
0: yeah, we have a lot of people who are more than willing to help if you just ask. And and along that same vein this is number five. It does take time to adjust. If you're coming from a new place or if you're just starting out your school career, it just takes a little time to settle in. So whether that's new school or just going into a new grade. So don't worry if things don't come super easily at first. Um, It's okay for them not to get A's on everything. They're just learning and um, we don't want to put a ton of pressure on them to just have everything be perfect. They're just adjusting and and they'll get there.
1: Along those lines, number four, if children need the help of a tutor in the beginning, take it. Don't wait until the next semester. It's tough enough to be new without the feeling of being academically behind in something, especially something like Latin or grammar. There is a lot of help available if you just ask. Communicate with the teachers if students struggling.
0: The teachers are so willing to work with their students and if they feel like they're they're struggling or need help, we have the greatest group of teachers that would happily jump in and and help however they can. The next one number 3, so many people said this and that is it's really important to make connections and it's not going to happen without a little effort. So if you are invited to go on a field trip. If you're invited to a birthday party, do it. Just say yes. Don't think about, oh, do I really have time? Yes, you have time because it will be good for you to interact with the other parents. And sometimes if you don't do that, you can start to feel a little bit isolated. And we, again, we have a great group of families who are lovely, wonderful people, but you can't know that if you don't get to know them. So kind of Be available for those younger ones. A lot of times parents will stay after school and play on the playground. Absolutely do that. Whatever you can do to get involved is worthwhile.
1: I would echo that because we're geographically more spread out than, say, a public school where everyone sort of lives in the same neighborhood, you do have to be more intentional about connecting and getting involved and being a part of the community. That's one of the best parts about GCA. Okay, number two, be involved and invested in your student's education by learning about classical education. You know your student is at a classical Christian school, but what exactly does that mean? Our next episode of the podcast will go further in depth about specifically what is classical Christian education, so you want to listen to that. But there are resources out there to help you learn about specifically what is classical education, and how is it different from kind of the more standard, typical education model? So you'll want to learn about that.
0: And number one, and I would agree, this is the most important one, came from a lot of parents and a lot of teachers. Never forget to cover the students and the faculty and the families in constant prayer. Pray for your children's teachers. Pray for their families. Pray for the students themselves for health and for clarity and for good relationships and just so many things, Um, safety around the school, on the playground. We just would really covet your prayers and um, and I can promise you that the teachers are most assuredly praying for and loving your child and all of their students families. Um, and so we would we would love to have your support through prayer.
1: Okay, that completes our list. That's all the advice we've got. If you're interested in learning more about classical Christian education, or CCE, as the cool kids call it, (laughs) in the meantime, I have a book recommendation for you. It's called Battle for the American Mind by Pete Hegseth and David Goodwin. Now, if you've seen the documentary, The Miseducation of America, Hegseth is the maker of that. And I have to say, I think the book is even better.
0: I also heard that there was uh, like a new season of The Miseducation of America out. Have you heard that?
1: Uh, Yes, I have.
0: Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to it because the first one was really good.
1: If you're chomping at the bits to learn more, that would be another great resource.
0: We hope you feel good and orientated, oriented, I'm not sure the right word, oriented, I feel like is good. But if not, or if you have questions that you'd like us to answer about the school or about classical education in general, send me an email, jmorris at graceclassical.org. That's the whole idea of the podcast, not just to help our school family, but anyone interested in classical Christian education to better understand what it is and why we think it's important. In fact, in the next episode, we're going to give a comprehensive explanation of what classical Christian education is. If anyone has ever asked you something like, oh, your kid goes to a classical school, what is that? And you didn't quite know to answer them or you felt like maybe the answer that you gave wasn't quite complete but you didn't know exactly what you were missing well you're not alone and that next episode is for you it ends with a 15 second comprehensive explanation of what it is and hopefully you'll come away with more understanding at least than you had to begin with so we look forward to having you back for that one for now we'll see you at orientation night